Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi everyone, welcome to the October 2017 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia, St. Vincent's Hospital. My name is Dr. Damien Murici. I'm here with Dr. Constant Van Schakweit, who is the current registrar at St. Vincent's. Con, the first paper looked at today was the functional angiosome, clinical implications of the anatomical con- concept. This was by Taylor et al. from Melbourne, Australia, and is, cu- is published in the October 2017 PRS. So w- what was this paper about in a nutshell? So basically this was an anatomical study. Um, the authors looked back at 46 years of experience using animal models to uh, look at the vasculature of the functional angiosome. Um, you know, this concept has been well described in the past, um, but they're looking at some of the clinical applications relating to flap survival, uh, tissue necrosis patterns in uh, meningococcal septicemia, um, and uh, how these relate to these anatomical models. So in their anatomical models over the years, they, they go through the progression of what animals they used mm-hmm. and basically what they learned uh, uh, from each particular animal model. Do you want to mm-hmm. summarise the different models they used and what they got out of it? Yeah, so uh, they started with a, a porcine or a pig model uh, where they injected India ink uh, into large flaps that they raised. Um, around, and so the India ink went into the perforator. And what they saw there was a sort of a, an eccentric survival pattern uh, around the perforator. And Initially, they'd see some spasming of the India ink around the perforator before it uh, was released. Um, and this suggested to them there was an active behavior of the anastomotic vessels between the two um, adjacent angiosomes. Um, after that, they, they investigated further using a dog model. And in this model, they uh, saw that adjacent angiosomes were captured radially around a perforator in every direction and that the survival length of flaps were determined by the distance between two perforators and and thus their angiosomes. Um, It also showed in this study that all the choke vessels were converted to true anastomoses after (coughs) seven days of the flap being um, raised Um, and all vessels in the flaps were enlarged and there were also some arteriovenous shunting that occurred um, after seven days. The following model uh, after that was a rabbit model and, and this has been their standard model uh, for a while. They showed there was 100% survival of flaps that were raised uh, to include their neighbouring angiosomes. They also showed the flaps raised to include three angiosomes in a series, resulting in the death of the third zone in all cases. Uh, it, then raised U-shaped flaps that covered uh, four angiosomes in series. and. Uh, there was 100% survival of all four zones. Um, and then when the flaps were divided in the middle after uh, seven days, uh, <coughs> uh, sorry, when the flap was divided at one end after seven days, all the zones uh, survived. And this indicated that the true anastomoses had formed in between two of these zones, uh, allowing such a long flap to survive. Um, fluorescein was injected into these uh, rabbits and uh, this indicated that the process of conversion from a choke to a true anastomosis only started after 48 hours of, uh, after flap raise, uh, peaked at 72 hours, and the process was finalised by day seven. 
and this process resulted from hyperplasia of all the layers in a vessel wall. It wasn't simply just dilatation of this vessel. <coughs> Next, uh, after these models, they sort of talk about the clinical implications of this whole concept. And uh, what they showed is that there, there are some areas, especially on the lower limb, where some true anastomoses anatomically run between uh, um, adjacent angiosomes, and they can actually allow you to raise larger flaps than, than expected as long as you go along, uh, along the parallel length of this uh, true anastomosis, and you can raise then three or even four angiosomes in a series. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things um, from this paper. They talk about the individual perforosome or perforator angiosome uh, being surrounded by choke vessels. Some of them uh, do have true anastomoses and the choke vessels can be converted into true anastomoses via delay. And these true anastomoses en enable you to capture multiple angiosomes, particular running along uh, the neurocutaneous axes. Um, and that was certainly something which uh, um, it was very interesting to hear uh, how they got there, like the studies which they've done, and the and uh, as you as you said towards the end of the journal club, the the mounting evidence which they've sort of um, accumulated over the last twenty years or thirty years, uh, looking at this. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, this study it clearly builds that that background uh, knowledge base that led us to this concept uh, of the angiosome. Uh, the study finishes with uh, then a, a very brief uh, sort of observation. That the pattern of necrosis in meningococcal septicemia uh, relates exactly to these areas, of these perforator angiosomes that are known from previous anatomical studies, and it just shows that uh, this is a functional unit that can can spasm and isolate uh, sort of disease process and necrosis to one little area. Okay, look, this is certainly uh, um, a very uh, good paper. Um, were there any issues anyone raised? Um, it was quite brief on the meningococcal uh, clinical application. It was yeah. an interesting observation, but yeah. I think a great study overall. Everyone uh, sort of can see the direct sort of uh, applicability of this to raising flaps in daily practice. Yeah. And the other, only other interesting thing is actually using thermography to see these perforators, and this yes. is something that the Melbourne guys are doing. Yeah. Um, so and uh, yeah, and hopefully that will assist with the identification of perforators, and therefore improve the design of flaps, or even improve the uh, design of uh, how you can delay a flap mm. when you know where the perforator is. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search. Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember Sitting to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to PR's Journal Team for their ongoing support.